0: What's the best and worst case for the Mavericks with the Kyrie Irving trade? There's gotta be a best case, right? Like there's a best case in there some somewhere. We'll try and find it. Plus, we'll go over some trade rumors floating around and LeBron's reaction to not getting Kyrie Irving. Wah wah. And there's a lot of young guys in this league that can ball, and they showed up on Monday night. All that and more on Locked On NBA. You are locked on NBA. Your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day and your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on all platforms, whether it's YouTube where you can join the show and catch a live version of it on Monday nights with us or if you're trying to catch it on the podcast version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. You can catch me on Twitter at HP Basketball. His name's David Rommel. He's co-host of Locked On Heat. You can find him on Twitter at... D Ramil 13 David. We got a lot to get to tonight. We're going to talk about the best and worst case situations for the Dallas Mavericks after the Kyrie Irving trade and how this can go. We're going to talk about trade rumors. We're going to talk about LeBron because LeBron decided to do a big interview with Mike Wilbon. Um, I guess he's breaking the all-time scoring record. You know, that's cool too. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the action on Monday night, which is For David and I really kind of comes down to an interesting pair of young guards that put up big numbers that kind of show you the depth that this league has in terms of its talent. But we begin as we have to with the fallout from the Kyrie Irving trade. You can catch all the reaction from Sunday's show on this feed, as well as catch reaction from both locked on nets and locked on Mavericks and locked on Lakers um, for to (laughs) the deal. I do want to, by the way, credit locked on nets. I listened to the show on Friday and locked on nets nailed it like they talked specifically about how how you know katie really likes dorian finney smith like he's talked him up so like a spencer dinwiddie and dorian finney smith combo that makes a lot of sense in a deal for irving and then they also got the picks so glad that the nets were able to get something out of it let's talk about the mavericks here david there's been like a lot, Like, all of the articles are the same, and when I say that, I'm including my own. I wrote two pieces on this trade, and all of it is, ooh, that's a gamble by the Mavericks. What a risk by the Mavericks. The Mavericks go all in, all of these betting metaphors. The reason is because the worst-case scenario with Kyrie is always so much worse than just like, oh, it didn't work. It's not like, oh, he got injured or like, oh, he, they weren't that good. It's like flaming explosion. But I want to talk about the best case and the worst case scenario. I want to get the negative energy out first. What's what, – give me an <laughs> – an, an there's so many ways it can go. Give me an example of a worst case outcome for Kyrie Irving with the Dallas Mavericks.
1: I don't think we'll see it right away. I think he'll come in there. And uh, as often has been the case whenever he gets traded or when he joins a team or when a change happens even in Cleveland – when LeBron came back to Cleveland in 2014, he seemed open and welcoming of it. And I think he's going to say all the right things because Kyrie is intelligent and he does know how to play the media somewhat, uh, somewhat sometimes to his disadvantage, but at the same time, I think he can and will say the right things and he will be the dutiful soldier. He will play the game properly and he will go out there and I think he will do A pretty yeoman's job of uh you know trying to fit in alongside Luka Doncic so in the short term I think we're going to see the very best case of it but you know it's a shortened season for him so he can't sabotage it completely so my feeling is that he'll probably wind up contributing at a high level I think he'll wind up being a pretty good player I think he's going to try his best to remember what it was like to play like with LeBron and, and and play more off ball alongside Luka Doncic. He's not going to demand the ball as much. He's going to be a really good shooter. When he has those scoring opportunities with the ball in his hands, he's going to do what he's always done, which is attack the basket and pull off an incredible array of dribble moves and score at will seemingly defense isn't going to be a priority, but it never has been for him. It doesn't matter. That's up to somebody else in that Dallas roster to kind of fill that. I don't know who it is yet. I don't think they have that player yet, which is probably why they're not done with any kind of trades yet uh, at this point. But as far as the short term, I see it being a pretty productive one. They'll go deep into playoffs, maybe knock off a team or two. I could see that happening. Uh, but the long term prognosis is a positive one because that's when it all—that's how it always happens with Kyrie. He'll find fault in something, whether when he signs long term with that team. Because I'm not sure that you're going to be a lot of suitors for his talents because, well, it's Kyrie Irving we're talking about here. I think he'll sign in and then eventually he'll have a problem with this, that, something, the roster, the, the ownership, he's going to make a statement of some kind. He's going to do something because there, he can't help himself in that regard. It's unfortunate, but he always does seem to invite controversy. So when it comes to the worst case, it's more of a long-term one. I think he could be as divisive as ever. I think he could, you know, everybody's talking about this trade as, we have to appease Luka Doncic. We talked about it, you and I, just last week, saying Dallas needed to make something happen in order to appease Luka. Well, this is something. It could be something disastrous, though. It could wind up driving Luka away. So that is ultimately the worst-case scenario, as far as I see it, is that eventually things will rear their ugly head. Something's going to be bad with for Kyrie. He's going to complain about it either to the team internally, externally. He's going to complain on social media. He's going to do whatever he does and has done and it could eventually drive away more high profile teammates like Luka Doncic.
0: On a long enough timeline, Kyrie will always choose chaos, right? Like that's the thing is, he, every day he has this opportunity to cause mayhem and a lot of days he doesn't. And then eventually, so he he does. Right. I think like I think the worst case scenario is actually comes with some success. Like the worst case scenario is not that they bought him out and it just doesn't work that like he and Luca don't get along and that the fit isn't good. And the Mavericks don't really like it. And they, you know, they lose in the first round and it's over because you still have the cap space then. And while Dallas has struggled with signing marquee free agents with cap space, you still, you'll wind up the worst, the worst case scenario. If Irving just leaves is you wind up over, overpaying for a few underwhelming free agents. You're worried about losing Luca Doncic. But, like, that's a separate problem. Like, Kyrie is part of your attempted solution to solve that problem. Right. But they're not intrinsically linked. You'll have another opportunity, most likely. I don't think that this doesn't work that Luke is going to ask out this summer. So, the worst case scenario is that it does work. Is that they, they climb up. Let's say that they get to the three seed. Mm. And they win their first round matchup. Let's say 3-6 versus... Um, Either a beat up Golden State Warriors team or if, you know, let's say Utah goes on a run and they slip in to that sixth spot or, um, you know, somebody's hurt the Pelicans, maybe whoever it is, they win that series. Then they go and they face the Grizzlies, who they've had the number of over the last three seasons. Like Jaws record versus Luka is horrible. That's a bad matchup for Memphis. And so they win that series. And all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, the Mavericks trade for Kyrie Irving and they can make the finals. And let's say that they, you know, and it's possible that they could win. We'll get to the upside here in a minute, but let's say that they lose to whoever the other side of that bracket is, whether it's nuggets, warriors, Suns, whoever Clippers um, in like a respectable six games, you got momentum, you got Kyrie and you're like, this worked. We made the conference finals and we really had a shot at it. We're committing four years, 198 million. We're all in. We're making this work. Okay. Now is when you're going to have issues. It's that it could literally be the, the very next season that Kyrie misses time. And I am not opposed to players missing time with mental health issues. I think it's great that there's been so much growth and progress on the mental health front that players that's can cool. be like, hey, I need, I need a few days. And whether they need to you know, lie and say you know, the, to the public and give them a hamstring injury or whatever, it's good that there's more of an acceptance with teams that that's a thing. But with Irving, you just don't know what the cause is going to be. It could be an absence. It could be an injury. He has had injuries. Or it could be something like, oh, I don't know, promoting an anti-Semitic film, warranting a suspension. And that instability, I think, is really the issue there. So that, to me, is the worst-case scenario. What is the absolute apex? Could not have gone better, home run, while Mark Cuban And Nico Harris and what geniuses. What is the absolute best case scenario for how this goes for Dallas?
1: I think we both just talked about it. I I think they can go on a deep playoff run this year. I just don't know how much they can build off that. It's still an inherently flawed team. Like they'll score a lot of points, but there's still changes that need to be done, which isn't to say that they can't make them either at the upcoming trade deadline or maybe by adding a player in the buyout market, which I think gets overblown. I know. Uh, locked on Mavs host Nick Angsta was already talking about the possibility of Dallas being a, a buyout candidate like acquiring that player I think those players tend to be a little bit more overblown in terms of their incredible impact they're bought out for a reason they rarely come in there and and as far as I can remember anyway off the top of my head change the course of the season or wind up becoming really significant contributors especially because again this Mavs team is still somewhat flawed I I just I'll think they'll win as you said potentially a third seed, win a couple of rounds, maybe even get to the Western Conference Finals. And then from there, I think things start to decline. I just don't see this being a team that can continue to excel at this level because, well, it's just not in Kyrie's nature. There's just, you know, the best case and worst case, as you said, are inextricably linked. Something's going to happen. He's going to find fault in something, and he's going to create some sort of chaos that's going to wind up alienating teammates, coaches, you know, who knows. I, I, and so... Yeah, they'll win. They'll win a lot this year. I still believe that. And that might be as good as it gets.
0: He's going to have to basically show everyone that he's, that he, like the only way people will believe that he's not going to blow it up is if he doesn't blow it up. he just, <laughs> and he gets to do that, right? He does that. And he's going to get the money he wants and the contract he wants. And he might win a title because Luka Doncic is really good. Um, We'll talk more about the Mavericks later as they got a big win over the jazz shorthanded on Monday night, but we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to some more reaction, including what LeBron James had to say Mm -hmm. about the Lakers decision, not to trade for Kyrie Irving. If it was a decision Uh, and we'll go around the league and hit some quick hitters on where the trade rumors are at. We'll do that when we come back on locked on NBA. But first I need to tell you about built bar, the most delicious and best protein bar on the market. It's a delicious treat without all the fat and calories. It's built bar. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in a hundred percent real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I don't know how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 14 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box for years. We've been telling you about going to built.com and ordering them there, but now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's club. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs at Walmart. You can run into Sam's and pick up a 13 bar box with the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You'll thank me later. Check them all out at built.com and find them online at built.com or at Walmart or your local Sam's club built bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. We'll be right back on locked on NBA. (laughs) Let's <laughs> go. Deadline is approaching and Locked On has you covered. Thursday, February 9th, tune in to Locked On NBA on YouTube at 2 Eastern to hear reaction from the trade that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who becomes contenders and who's tanking for a better future? Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube and don't miss a deal. Back here, a second segment with David Mill. All right, David. So LeBron um, did a big sit down with Mike Wilbon. And obviously that was for, you know, like history. For, for history and what he's done and uh, he's getting ready to, to break the record. He's 36 points away, plays the thunder on Tuesday, would bet that he goes under on 36 and a half would, would imagine that he probably um, does not break the record because it's uh, the Oklahoma city thunder. I think he probably waits and breaks it on national TV. Um, but he was asked in the interview with, with Wilbon about, how he felt about the team not landing Kyrie Irving. And he said, quote, definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on being able to land someone. I've got great chemistry on the floor with that can help you win championships, in my opinion, is what he said. He stressed that. So, in my opinion, you can win a title with him. But he said, you know, actually, I'm glad because I can lock him with this team and where we're at now. And there's a lot of discussion online about if he should have said this or if he should have not said this. I will take the position that I actually like that he said this. I don't like it when they act like we're morons i just don't like it when teams players athletes coaches gms act like we don't know what's going on so like i'm glad that lebron's not like i didn't i didn't have anything to do i didn't even pay attention to You're lebron james everyone knows it it's Kyrie. everyone knows that you've made your feelings on this clear already don't act like this was not a thing that you were involved with and you can say like hey i'm disappointed but this is the team we got we're going to make it work. We'll do the best we can with what we got. Cause that's all you can really do like LeBron. And also I'll say this, like I don't think LeBron owes it to the front office, which has catered to him. And now is like revoking that. And they're not wrong, but they're also not right either. I don't mind him basically being like painting this the way that it is, which is like, I'm coming to work. I'm showing up. I'm giving you 30 points a night. We're going to break the scoring record. We're in the playoff hunt. I'm going to do the best I can. Really wish you'd give me more to work with, but you didn't, but here we are. I kind of respect him for being honest and upfront about laying the entire thing out there.
1: I agree. I, I, I like that from athletes, from everybody and, and you know people in general, I would prefer that more people would be that honest. There's always feels like, you know, I think the, the more um, discerning members of our audience probably think, Oh, well with LeBron, there's always some angle. He's always so acutely aware of uh the impact his statements will make and and there's always another side of things that we might not be considering because he does have this great master plan that he's always in charge of and he always sees all the different angles at, at uh you know three steps ahead of everybody etc so i wonder if there are some people kind of you know maybe don't believe him as much because he has been known to bend the truth or exaggerate things ever so slightly but in, in this case I, I don't see any fault in it I I mean I could see the worst part of what he said being well now that I now that this is the team that I have to lock on and that maybe I could just move forward from this could you read into that and say well maybe he wasn't fully engaged for the first half of the season I don't buy that either he's been playing magnificently what he's been out there dealing with Russ Westbrook dealing with AD dealing with the, the Rui Hachimura trade and everything else like he's been pretty consistently fantastic as he has been throughout his career. So I don't think that there's anything negative in what he said. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think he's been pretty forthright and he's having an incredible moment. Like that's, that's what really we should be talking about. Like, I know that we're going to be all doing a whole special as a network about the history of it, but I think you and I both respect immensely what LeBron has been able to accomplish over his career. And the fact that he is here, as the all-time leading scorer. Like, I I get goosebumps just thinking about it. As a fan of the NBA in general, we're watching history here. You can call him LeBrick and Mickey and all the things jackasses do on social media when it comes to insulting him and his legacy, but the reality is that he is probably the greatest player in NBA history, if not one of the. And, and, you know, I I think we should be keeping that in mind as he's moving forward and doing something that likely no one is going to be – touching anytime soon like i mean there's just you'd have to stay in this league for a very long time and be very good at it consistently which is something that does not really happen and you know I, I think we should be marveling at what he's accomplishing rather than reading into these comments and trying to find whether or not there's some kind of alternative uh purpose to his, his, his comments
0: uh, it's fair i'll hit you back with this though this is part right. of the legacy too all right. Like the best thing about LeBron, and I mean this sincerely, the best thing about LeBron is that he's not a simple figure. Like I actually think that that increases the depth of his legacy because he's not just, oh yeah, he was great. Like Jordan was, oh yeah, he was great. He was like the best player I've ever seen. He was so likable. Look at that smile. <laughs> he was on all these commercials. Everyone loves Mike. Don't you want to be like Mike? And then like later, like through the years, we found out like, oh, oh wow. wow. MJ's, MJ's, a little brutal. Um, And so so part of this with LeBron is that he's always been, not always, since 2009, he has been somebody who has involved himself in front office and in team building decisions. He altered the free agency landscape of the decision in 2010. Um, He altered his narrative again with going back to Cleveland and essentially Nav- like mandating a trade of Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins. Like he has been involved in, in, and that's part of him. Like the player empowerment era doesn't start with LeBron, but he is a major harbinger of it. So all of these conversations encapsulate who he is the same way that like he's had, he has had, I think, gaffes and letdown moments where he's been a public figure. He's also been incredible in some moments and like the school in Ohio like this that school program is it it's insane there's a bike program that doesn't get enough credit for what it does for getting kids new bikes that's absolutely amazing all of these things are part of the greater thing of LeBron but you are right that you know it's a shame that like these things are intrinsically linked that he has to be kind of it's not just taking a moment because I never thought I never thought anyone was gonna break Kareem's record ever I was just like it's not possible you can't play that long here he is. Um, and yeah. for a guy that isn't isn't necessarily even uh, considered that much of a score. A couple other trade things I wanted to bounce off of you. Um, so there's talk on Monday that the nets may not be done and that Spencer Dinwiddie may actually not be a net, that they may be looking to reroute him in a deal. A pretty obvious candidate for this is the Toronto Raptors, who continue to take calls for Fred VanVleet, uh, OG Ananobi. Gary Trent Jr. They'll listen if you call about Pascal Siakam, but like you better come with like the whole kitchen sink. You better come with everything in the in the pantry if you're going to make an offer for Siakam. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Um, the idea of trading like Spencer, maybe a guy like oh I don't know Cam Thomas, we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the pick that he got from Dallas, rerouting that to maybe add an OG Ananobi. You add a guy that not Kyrie Irving doesn't bring the same kind of star stuff, but a high level defender who can shoot and score kind of interesting. Like this does kind of give the Nets some options. I think they're going to continue shopping through the end of the deadline. They may not get anywhere, but it is kind of interesting that the nets are not just like, well, that's done with like, they're still looking to try and evolve the team into another form as we approach Thursday's deadline.
1: It makes a lot of sense. I I think, you know, you've got Kevin Durant, who is an MVP-level player, and you're still winning games. Like, you fell short tonight against an energized Clippers team. Uh, You know, you're missing KD. You're missing Ben Simmons, you know, who is more of an afterthought than anything else at this point. But the reality is he's still a part of this team. Like, you've got enough there so that you might be missing a player or two who's just the right fit, not necessarily another superstar, because they've tried that avenue with James Harden. They've tried it with Kyrie necessarily work. Now it's all about getting the right complementary players alongside KD so that you can still make a push. Like it's not that long ago when they were winning a lot of games that they had this incredible bounce back. And we talked about Jacques Vaughn and the incredible job he's done there. And they look like a legitimate title contender. They, they look like at one point they might've been the best team in the Eastern conference, despite Boston's hot start. And, and when they had cooled off to some degree, everybody thought, well, you know, don't, don't look now, but Brooklyn is right there. So I don't see any reason why they wouldn't continue trying to build this roster and trying to get the right piece there. And if it's OG or somebody else, um, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, how likely is it that they can put together the best package for OG? Because we've heard what it'll take, you know, a couple first-round picks or whatever, some good young players so they can enter a soft rebuild. Is he the best option of all the other options on this team? Let's say it would it would it boil down to Fred Van Vliet or would it boil down to OG and Ubi in terms of what? Brooklyn might be looking for.
0: I mean, I think if they can make a move, Uh, Van Vliet is probably like a better short-term option, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think ultimately, like Van Vliet is going to need the new money too. So I know that really, like, I don't think that Van Vliet move. I like Van Vliet a lot. I don't know that he moves the needle enough for what Brooklyn's looking to do. Like, especially if you're looking to get, like, keep KD happy and keep him engaged, then um, I think you probably need a little bit of, like, you probably need something more than than Fred Van Vliet. I don't think Fred Van Vliet's enough uh, for what they're looking to do there. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see where they get to. Uh, before we take our final break, I want to ask you... Hmm. What are the chances that Kyle Lowry remains with the Miami Heat through the deadline? I would put it at, like, if you ask me, like, what are the odds he gets traded? I would put him at, like, I don't know, plus 300-ish right now. Three to one that he gets traded. I think that Hmm. he stays there is probably a heavy minus number. But it's not like, oh, no, totally inconceivable, no way.
1: I think it's 50-50 at this point because I just don't know – how much teams actually want a player of his caliber. Like, I know his role has been changing in Miami, and I know he's no longer the player he was in Toronto. He isn't even the same player he was last year, but a lot of that has to do with Miami's revitalized offense going through Bama DeBio, more with, you know, Tyler Hero running the offense a little bit. Jimmy, of course, still doing what he does best. So I, I think... He can still be productive. He definitely does need a change of scenery at this point because I just don't think he's going to continue to. He's not going to find a way to flourish in this new role. It's just not It's not what he's capable of doing. It hasn't been capable of doing throughout his career, and at thirty-six, he's certainly not either. So I, I think it's a little bit closer to 50-50. It just has to be the right offer, and I don't know that that offer exists right now. So it, maybe it might be part of a larger multi-team trade where you can ship Lowry to somewhere else, maybe the Clippers and maybe get something back we discussed that possibility on On heat maybe a a three-team deal with atlanta where you possibly get john collins back to south florida that's a, a position of need for miami and you could just shift their offense a little bit where tyler runs the point or Gabe vincent starts or maybe even insert victor ladipo into the starting lineup that's a possibility as well so
0: we'll see how it shakes out but at this point i would say 50 50. let's take a break we'll come back and you know, we've talked a lot about trade rumors and trade concepts and all these types of things, but some basketball was actually played on Monday night, and there's two players that had big nights in very young ages for teams that really needed him, and we'll talk about those performances and what it means for the back half of the season As well, when we come back on Locked On NBA. But first, I need to tell you about Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll go, if they'll score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to twenty-five times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people; it's just you versus the projections available. And they offer projections on any sport that you watch: NBA, NFL, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball, as well as the WNBA, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf. Eurobasket, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals and are currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. If you deposit $100, you get $100 back. If you put in 50, you'll get 50. Just use promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. <laughs> your final segment on locked on nba thanks for joining us and being and making us part of your day appreciate you guys being with us make sure to check out the show tomorrow we got jake madison and john corrales as i gotta tell you john's probably got some thoughts on the uh, potential deals for the boston celtics as i you know there's been rumors on monday and i've heard the same a lot of talk about grant williams maybe getting moved peyton pritchard could be making a move it'll be interesting to see what the celtics do at the deadline but that's trade talk. We've talked enough about trades tonight. We want to talk about a little bit about what went on the floor, and we're going to kind of put it into a big picture perspective. So there's two performances that really stood out to me on Monday night, and we can talk about the Bucks once again getting another win as they continue to roll through the second half of the season. The Warriors getting a big home win without Steph Curry, but to me, there's like two performances that really stood out: the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant and you know Kyrie Irving, um, as well as Spencer Dinwiddie and the new additions. Um, They lost to the Clippers tonight at home, 124-116. But in that game, Cam Thomas went off for 47 points, four rebounds, three assists. This follows up another massive performance for him in the last game. Thomas has been an absolute bucket, and that's been evident. That's what he was profiled as as he came out of the draft. You saw signs of it last year. He's taken another step forward. He is kind of like he's a verified scorer. He stepped up in a big way. Uh, for a Nets team that needs it just to be competitive, and they had a chance to win that game late, they couldn't hold on. Versus a Clippers team that needs these kind of wins, but that like was a really you know important thing. Forty seven is no joke for him yeah. to be able to score. If we were talking about one of these high profile guys like Jalen Green, you know we'd be talking about the upside. So it's it's only fair that we talk about Cam Thomas as well. I'm not trying to get you in trouble uh, on. say <laughs> <Jaylen laughs> anything? Not tonight. Um, the other one's Josh Green because the Dallas Mavericks went on the road to Utah and they got a win. Without Luca and without Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been traded, and before Kyrie Irving takes the floor, Josh Green goes for 29 points career high with six rebounds, two assists in the win over the Jazz. And to me, David, this is like a good example of what we're about to hit the All-Star break. And there's this idea that after the All-Star break is like, this is when things get serious. And that's (laughs) a lie it gets serious for teams that are in the play-in conversation. Like the Miami Heat have to buckle down and actually try for like the next month and a half of basketball or they could be in the play-in tournament. But a lot of these teams are in one of the two extremes. They're either going to make the playoffs and resting guys and just kind of hanging out and coasting through or they're tanking and actively trying to get worse so that they can get a better draft pick. But what we do see is sometimes we see these guys taking steps forward that they can carry forward into their careers. We've seen this from guys like CJ McCollum late in, uh, before his breakout season, he showed this kind of thing. Anthony Simons last year showed this kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Players that don't play for the Portland Trailblazers as well. Like they make this kind of, these kind of leaps and you see this. And so for me, this is an interesting time to see guys like Cam Thomas and to see guys like Josh Green showing what they're capable of, because it's not just guys like, you know, Jalen Green or, uh, Palo Bancaro or Josh Giddy or like these top 10 guys, there are guys that, that are going to be stars in this league that put, their names are not known to casual fans right now. And these are two guys that I think have a chance of making big leaps and really stepping up and, and being big parts of the NBA future for their franchises or if they're dealt for other ones.
1: Right. I, I think that's exactly it. Uh, there's little pressure there. Other than what they put on themselves, and this is a great opportunity for them to show exactly what they're capable of. In a sense, their job is a little easier, they had to join teams that were more fully fleshed out than Jalen Greens or somebody else along those same lines because they're just playing a complementary backup role. They have to figure out how to maximize what limited opportunities they get. That's a little difficult, and sometimes again, it's harder to find uh, your rhythm. But when you do get these bigger opportunities these players are still talented enough to make the most of it. and to have, a, again, a 47-point outing. Damn. It doesn't matter what your role is or was or what will be. That's, that's an incredible performance, a great singular performance that, that I think a lot of people are starting to recognize who this Cam Thomas person is. Like I, I don't know if you had asked a lot of people outside of Brooklyn or Brooklyn fans in general, NBA fans perhaps, maybe they would not have known who Cam Thomas is. But now all of a sudden, a 47-point outing, and you're looking at that Brooklyn team, like even if It might even dictate how you operate through the trade deadline because it's like all of a sudden we have much more depth than we had anticipated. A player like Thomas who can suddenly provide that burst of offense off the bench depending on who we acquire uh, in the next week or so or the next few days, rather, I, I think it changes the outcome of the season. And, and to your point, it's, it's just great to watch these young players that are kind of on the fringes or might be less known than some of the more high-profile, high-draft picks uh, you know get their opportunities and make the most of it it's a fantastic league and, and we don't appreciate it nearly enough so let's spread some positivity man
0: yeah his last four games 23 points 24 i'm sorry 21 points 19 points 44 points 47 points he's got he's got what 91 points in two, yeah he's got 91 points in two games that's ridiculous. Um, 15 to 29 from the field tonight, seven to 11 from three. He was also a plus three in that game in which they lost. Like I, I I've been high on cam Thomas since the draft and it's yeah. cool to see him taking a little bit of a step forward. Another guy that this is one of those top 10 guys, but it still is kind of interesting. Cause he doesn't, ha- you know, he hasn't had necessarily a great um, rookie season in terms of statistics. I think he's contributing on a winning team. Keegan Murray tonight, 30 points, six rebounds, one assist in the win over the Rockets a good night for him so like you see these kind of guys oh and I I can't let this go it's not just Josh Green on Dallas Jaden Hardy who was in the G League like last week goes off for 29 points on eight of 12 shooting got to the line nine times four of six from three and was a plus 23 in the win like phenomenal minutes from Jaden Hardy who was supposed to be like a project the Josh Green Jaden Hardy I'm not uh, you know, it's, it's a handful of games. I'm not talking about playoff success. I'm just saying this alters things in terms of the trajectory of what Dallas is going to be able to do. Cause there's a lot of, I, I wrote it. Like there's a lot of doom and gloom about like, man, the Mavericks are really up against it. This should like trading for Kyrie Irving is desperate, but you know, what can dig you out of that desperation is if your young players hit, if Josh green turns into a major contributor, if Jaden Hardy can be a, a high level scorer, which is what kind of the, the upside of him is. So um, very exciting. You're right that the, like, the league is just – everybody is so skilled. Like, there's just not a lot of – and the, the way that basketball is played now where everybody has to be able to do it has, has yeah. created this. We're just like – there are so few guys that are one-dimensional because they've teams have gone away from, hey, we don't want you to do anything. Just do this for us. They're like, no, no, no. Everybody's got to be able to do everything. And you're seeing so many guys and teams drafting guys with that potential, um, and it's really amazing. Like, part of me's sad because I'm like, I miss like role players, but it is cool <laughs> to see so many guys that are able to contribute and have these kind of nights, especially when the, you know their marquee guys are not in the lineup. Yeah, no, it
1: is. Um, maybe this is a little too jaded, considering the the positivity I just spoke of. But like in the case
0: of that's our thing, that's our brand. David is too jaded. That's that's <laughs> this, That's this episode's tagline is Mondays, tuesdays two jaded tuesdays go ahead
1: (laughs) uh you know like a case of of brooklyn right Uh, they're looking to make an upgrade does does Cam thomas's unexpected performance over the last week does that make him more of a viable trade candidate or is that like somebody that you'd include in an upcoming trade like i I wonder i i mean it, it seems like you know again this was a player who had a year and a half of experience so it's this isn't just indicative of what he is but it could be a sign of what he could be for the right team with the right opportunity. So uh, would you, if you're on the phone with Sean Marks, do you say, you know, Hey, that camp yeah. Thomas kid, I don't know if you'd include him in a deal, but we wouldn't mind taking him
0: up here in Toronto. I feel like you're just trading problems because you're probably going to move Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> and it's like, you're just, right. you're just like swapping out these issues. But sure. um, I, I, I do think it's, it's an interesting question here. Here's like a baseline kind of thing. If the Blazers call you up and like, all right, final offer, Shaden Sharp, our first round draft pick in 2023 and Josh Hart for OG Anovi and the Nets call up and they say the 2029 pick from Dallas. We don't have anything else to give you because we already traded everything away for for James Harden. Um, Cam Thomas, Spencer Dinwiddie, take your pick of any other rotation guy. Like you yeah. can get Joe Harris, Absolutely. Patty Mills, Seth Curry, right? Like, yeah. It's it's at least a competitive offer, I think, to be like, do I, I want Jaden Sharp or Cam Thomas? You know, Yeah,
1: uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, It's it's, it's interesting to consider. I, I wonder how much that changes. I wonder if any of these young players, these names that we've been just talking about, whether or not we'd see them being moved from their respective teams over the next few days. It's going to be an exciting... What, what is your sense now? Do you think it's going to be an active trade deadline? I know that changes every hour to hour, it seems, but... I mean, I thought that the, the Irving trade was going to be like the first domino and then nothing happened today.
0: I know we're yeah, all Yeah. Kind of I mean, I just, here's the thing I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say like it's going to be wild. Everyone's going to get moved. Right. And I don't want to sit here and say like, no, it's going to be quiet. Nothing's really going to happen because that's, that's, that is the status quo because every GM tells you like these deals are hard to get done. Yeah, they're very and nobody has picks because OKC and New Orleans has them all. So like, <laughs> you know, and Utah. So it's hard, right? Um, what I will say is that there's been an evolution of buyers and sellers. Of early on in the trade season, like around December first, it was all buyers. It was just like teams wanted to improve and nobody was really looking to sell with Toronto being open to those conversations that opens the door. And then also gets other teams to lighten up a little bit and loosen. Cause they're like, well, if they're selling, like we don't want to miss an opportunity to move our guys. Um, like, and there's a bunch of guys I think that are going to be on the buyout market, which I think is mm-hmm. odd. Like, why would you not just move them and get something? Um, Charlotte's a good example of this. Like I hear like, there's teams that are already like, Hey, if Mason Plumley hits the, the buyout market, we want in, mm-hmm. but like Charlotte should just be like, Hey, who wants like, Second round picks, young guys, like whatever, let's do it. Um, I think there's enough. And I'll also say this, like there's enough guys. There are teams in the middle and there is a fat middle of the NBA, right? With all this parody that are willing to change things up, not go up or down, not take big swings that that compromise their futures and not go the other way and and pivot towards rebuilding. But just like, hey, we like what we've got, but we want to switch things up a little bit. You have players that, and you're in a similar spot. I think there's going to be more interconnections there, which is why I yeah. think there's a capacity for a fair amount of deals, even if we don't see like a. I don't, I don't anticipate a good lord tweet from Woj, but I think, I, I think we'll have a solid NBA trade deadline. But we'll see. Something to look forward to. to I, I could see a lot.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's gonna be fun. I, I could see like a multi-team trade, just because it feels like. So many teams are looking for something, but maybe each team doesn't have exactly what that team yeah. is looking for. But if you involve, and we we saw even today that the Nets were looking to expand the parameters of the deal, and that's why it hadn't been finalized just yet. I wonder if we could see like a a four team deal or something along those lines, where everybody gets a little bit of something, and and, and somebody gets moved to exactly the right spot for them.
0: Everybody's looking at everybody's looking at Phoenix. That's everybody. Every, Bunch of people I talked to today, I talked to, I talked to a handful of people today and they were all like, you know, I really don't know. Like, I wonder what Phoenix is going to do because Phoenix does not want, they just, by the way, we should mention that, uh, that the sale officially went through. Robert Sarver is no longer an NBA owner. Uh, New ownership takes over immediately and according to reports, anxious to see what the the net, if the Suns can upgrade the deadline we'll see what the fireworks have and you can catch the live show here on locked on nba make sure to check that as well make sure to follow david on twitter at d 13 check out the show tomorrow with jake madison and john corrales and all throughout the week appreciate you guys being with us hope you guys have a great week we'll see you guys again next week with another edition of locked on nba